everyone and welcome to another book podcast brought to you by Legend Times Group. This year we decided to start a podcast talking about all things books, including the publishing process from beginning to end. Either myself or someone else from the Legend team will be talking to a guest from the book industry, whether that's a bookseller, a blogger, an author or an editor. In each episode we'll also be asking people to rate and review a particular biscuit. Because why not? A quick disclaimer, while this podcast is produced by Legend Times, we will be talking about all kinds of books, not just the ones we publish. So let's get into the first episode where we meet some of the Legend Times team. Before we go any further, hi, my name's Olivia and I'm the marketing manager for Legend Times. I've been here for just over a year and started as publicity manager covering for Lucy, who you'll meet later on in the episode, while she was on maternity leave and recently became marketing manager when Lucy came back to work. I work across all three imprints, Legend Press, which is fiction, Hero, which is non-fiction, and University of Buckingham Press, which is our academic imprint. I manage all the social media, the PR packages, the marketing materials for sales and online platforms, and also author events. The biscuit we'll be reviewing today is the Club Orange, and I'm going to kick off the rating by giving it a solid 7 out of 10. We hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so first up we have Lisa. Lisa, what do you do and how long have you been here? Well, hello, Olivia. <laughs> um, yes, I've worked for Legend Times Group for probably about five years. Um, I came in to manage the sales for UK and international for Legend Times Group. So that covers all of Legend Press, which is fiction, University of Buckingham, which is the academic, and then Hero, which is the nonfiction. So by selling internationally, I mean the English language. So that's all the books that we print in the UK. I look at exporting that into various territories like India, Europe, China, South Africa, Australia and the US, to name a few. I also feel like you're the problem solver. I feel like everybody just comes to you with problems and you have the solution. I think my, my, my sort of work covers umbrellas you know covers a load of different areas um and everyone seems to think I do everything keeping us all in check <laughs> making sure everything's still going company's not going where's under the yeah. <laughs> where's the parcels no. well, yeah where, where's everything gone <laughs> when is it being published you know uh so yeah it does I think everyone in the team sort of overlaps at some point because mm-hmm. we are quite a close-knit team which is amazing um and that really shows when we you know, acquire books because we all have a say in what books we publish. And I think that makes us individual um, with the other publishers out there at the moment. And I think, you know, we're all very passionate with the books that we we bring in. um, And there's always something with that book that makes it something we want to push out into the market yeah it's like you kind of have that day one experience with the book like you're there before it even is a book it gives you that kind of extra connection incentive to push it on and everything absolutely and I think a lot of it also comes from the editors themselves so you know Mm. the passion comes through you know and then we get excited we read it and we all vote and say yes we want it so you know marketing gets a say I get a say so in sales and say right you know this works for here and here and here Um, And then we all do our best to try and push it out there to as many people and readers as possible. It's so nice as well just to feel like you have a say in something like that, which normally for like me in marketing, you in sales, like you wouldn't necessarily think you'd have a say in the kind of acquiring process. And yet you do. It's really nice, really different. And, and, you know, when you love a book and, you you know, you read it and you think, you know, this is something I can really get behind. Mm -hmm. It makes such a difference. Um, And I think when you're 
pushing a book to, you know, a sales rep or a distributor. And if they love the book, then obviously they're pushing it. So it makes a difference. You know, it's not just another a book to just get out there. Definitely. And speaking of books, what was the last book that you read? Uh, So I tend to read a lot of legend submissions. So a lot of my time is taken up by reading legend books. Um, But the last one I read, which was a couple of months ago, was Magpie by Elizabeth Day. Um, And it didn't really tick the boxes for me, unfortunately. It was everywhere. And I loved the cover with the beautiful sort of feather in the front. It was everywhere. And it was so bold. And I think that's what drew me to it. Um, So I'm a a bit of a sucker for book covers. Oh, yeah. Same. Totally judge a book by its cover. (laughs) So, you know, when I see a cover and I think, oh, actually, I really like that. I tend to just buy it, even though I don't really know what it's about. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, this one is about, you know, not to give too much away, about a couple who are trying for a baby um, and then there's a plot twist in the middle when this, another woman comes in and this crazy, evil sort of mother, stepmother. And, you know, it's it's it wasn't really for me. I think it's more it's like a domestic thriller, I would say. Right. Um, and I thought it got a bit slow towards the end and I kind of lost interest. When that's kind of when you need it to pick yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it was intriguing in the beginning and then the plot twist. And I thought, OK, and then it kind of just sort of died slowly. Um, so I kind of thought, oh no. And then, you know, you, you just don't pick it up again. And then I sort yeah. of forced myself to finish reading it. And I just thought, ah, oh, it was okay. I mean, forcing yourself to finish reading something yeah. isn't the best. Yeah. So I, you know, I did have high hopes for it, but you know, I was sort of slightly disappointed, but I mean, if you like that sort of book and if you like her writing, cause she's published a lot, mm. um, then, you know, I'm sure it will sort of tick a few boxes for you, but unfortunately not for me. So yeah. Probably a three out of five if I had to okay. rate it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean yeah. that's not that's not terrible. <laughs> what about out of ten? If we push it to an out of ten, a more specific rating, maybe six. Okay. Yeah, six. Yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah. It's just maybe six or seven because it was still very engaging and it's very. Yeah. It's still well written, um, and the characters were quite well well rounded. It was just it kind of didn't carry the momentum. Right. Um, and I just sort of lost interest at the end. Um, and that's not what you want with the book. You want to, no. you, you just want to. Especially not that yeah. kind of book, which is supposed to be yeah. like gripping until the last page. Absolutely. You want to be able to, you know, put it down, go, oh my God, I can't believe that was the end. Yeah. You know, right. Or oh, I can't. At the moment, it was for me, it was just like, oh, thank God that finished. So, you know, that's not what you want from a book. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised it gets a six of that recommendation. No, but it was, it, was, it was good. It was just, for me, it was just disappointing. I think the hype also, you know, okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, like you said, you saw it everywhere. And I think, you know. Yes, yeah, so I think it was, like, was it summer that it came out as yeah. well? So it was like so many people reading it by the pool on the beach. Like exactly. it was a proper summer read. So, you know, you got the hype and you're like mm. excited to read it. And then you're just like, oh, okay. Next. That was just <laughs> average. Yeah. But then I also I compare it to the books that we publish. Yes. You know, that, oh my gosh, that's so hard not to do now. And also I think, you know, not to be biased, but the books that we publish are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you just think, well, you know. 10 out of 10 exactly, quality. You know, <laughs> um, so you just sort of have this um, bar where you put a lot of the books on. So when you are reading books by other publishers, you kind of, your your expectation is raised higher. Yeah, definitely. Um, which, in a way, is not great for when you're reading outside of work because... It's hard not to approach every book that has been published by someone else as if it was a manuscript. I find myself doing that all the yeah. time. Like, oh, would I, if I was in a submissions meeting, like, would I say yes to this? Absolutely. And that's, I think sometimes in a way, 
it's harder to be a reader as you know as an actual you know what's a consumer rather than a a worker Mm -hmm. you can't distinguish sometimes you can't switch off yeah and you start finding faults and just like how how was that published (laughs) yeah like I don't I don't feel like I enjoy reading any less Mm. but I'm I definitely am a more critical reader now yeah like I appreciate some parts of like a a book or maybe notice things way more Mm -hmm. now having seen the entire process start to finish but then I'm also more critical of other parts sure. because I've seen the whole process start to finish. Yeah, and I think commercial thrillers and psychological thrillers are very difficult genres to get right yeah. and to sustain interest. Um, and also, as a reader myself, I find that my my um, tastes have changed, actually, mm. since working here. And I've actually gone more historical, which I never was oh, a historical, historical sort yeah. of reader and now that we've published a few, it's actually something I'm quite keen to read more of. Yeah. Um, and we've lost out on a few, which is so gutting. So gutting. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many exciting historical fiction out there, which is, you know, exciting to see. Yeah, it's one of those that I, I'm actually so disappointed on some of the ones yeah. we've lost recently that yeah. I will go and buy them bitterly from the other publisher. <laughs> Depending on the cover, of course. Of course. <laughs> if I'm like, we could have done better, then yeah. I'm not buying it at all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe an e copy a push (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so yeah magpie was the last one i I read i've got loads on my shelf from probably dating back pre-covid the classic never-ending tbr yes Mm. i've got at least a pile of 10 to 12 books oh mine are just all over i just have piles around my room of books that i'm just hopeful to get around to but and then you always see new stuff on yeah offer oh my like, gosh yeah, yeah yeah and also like because marketing is like following book accounts and you know interacting with bloggers they all then convince me to buy like a million and one <laughs> books and then it just grows and grows and then reading like our stuff as well like it's I think just... you're the worst actually because you I read so much am. and then you tell everybody and I'm like right I'm gonna put that <laughs> on my on my list to to try and find and then when I get behind a book I get behind a book <laughs> so yeah yourself and Carrie and even Sam Carrie's terrible Sam's terrible as well yes well Sam yeah. lays his life on the line every time that he recommends a book for him it's life or death if yeah. you read it or not I think I still, yeah, because I put the, the year of rest and relaxation on my to-read list because oh, nice. he really sort of um, was a big champion of that book. Yeah. Um, and then for Carrie, I think, is it Life, uh, life Chemistry or something? Lessons in Chemistry. Lessons in Chemistry. She, she got me to buy that. Oh, I you? gave it to my mum, yeah. who absolutely loved it, bought it as a birthday present for my sister, who absolutely loved it. Like, oh, that's wow. gone down very well in my family <laughs> and is now sat in one of the piles in my room ready for me to read. Um, 2023 will be the year. <laughs> it's hardback, so I'm waiting for the paperback. I think that's next year. Yes, it? although yeah. I have to say, it is one of those hardbacks that is so lovely because when you take off the the dust jacket is really nice. When you mm. take off the dust jacket, it's this amazing periodic table. It's like oh, wow. super colourful yeah. and just looks incredible. What, the that is The, the Wimbledon. Yeah, it's like... Oh, okay. um, it, but it's like one of those like plastic... Not plastic, that's the so wrong bit. It's really soft. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um but yeah, no, it's one of it's such a nice hardback. It's actually one that I think that's nice. But I do understand yeah. like reading paperback is just so much easier it's sometimes. Just, yeah. Easier on the wrist. <laughs> yes, easier on the wrist and easier for to commuting. Carry. Yeah, for sure. But yes. And then one last question for you is uh we're doing the 
biscuit review every episode and we've got orange clubs this week love an orange club love an orange you club know, but clubs in out, general but in you've got to think deep about this <laughs> because it's out of 10 and oh, 10 wow. is like your favorite biscuit of all time oh, gosh, okay. i would say five sits around it's an average good biscuit you'd still have it with a cup of tea okay but you know and then one is just don't don't bring it anywhere near me I can't stand the smell of it oh gosh you know I love biscuits um and this one you know probably a good eight solid eight nice it's covered in chocolate I'm a bit of a chocoholic and it's got a bit of a good biscuit base you can't really dunk it because it's a bit of a mess yes but you know what because of the amount of chocolate but then that's also a selling point of it absolutely I think that's why I love it so much because it kind of kills two birds with one stone yeah you know and an orange you know it's not too orangey where it kind of like ooh, it's a bit too strong yeah um but no it's good solid eight great great for packed lunches I remember it as packed lunch oh my gosh I remember it as packed lunch (laughs) what what a time I know I miss it I need to pack this club lunch I I hadn't had a club until you guys brought them in to the office and yeah it was really good to you know have a taste of nostalgia Yeah. yeah well thanks so much no worries bye everyone so next up we have Christian Christian what do you do at the company and how long have you worked here um, so yeah, I'm the nonfiction editor. Uh, so I acquire and commission and sort of manage the editing for Hero, which is um, kind of our general nonfiction list, and um, <clears throat> and then I, I help manage the um, University of Buckingham press imprint so that's um as the name would indicate that's a more um academic list and yeah that's so that that's what i do i i read edit talk to freelancers um commission cover art commission cover art make coffee all that stuff (laughs) the important stuff yeah exactly and how long have you been here Oh, yeah, that was the second part of your question, which I ignored. Um, So I joined in February 2020, so that would make it roughly two and a half years. So, yeah, time has flown. Literally one month before the pandemic. One month before the pandemic. And, yeah, I kind of feel like I... I kind of feel like I haven't really been here for two and a half years because, yeah, there was, there was a lot of weirdness. The in last those, years. Yeah, the last years. The, you know, I definitely have more grey hair than <laughs> I did when I joined, but that's I think that's everyone's case. And what was the last book you read? Yeah, so I literally last night I stayed up late uh, because I was finishing um, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by um, by uh, the, I was going to say Oscar winning, by the Nobel Prize winning author Olga Tokarczuk. Um, it uh, was published by Fitzgeraldo um, Editions, I think in 2018 or 19 or, or something like that. And yeah, it's and it's being... Um, adapted next year as a um as this uh, as a play uh, at the barbican oh, so wow. yeah i i'd read i'd read um two of her previous books and which i loved which was called the books of jacob and flights and they're, they're also you know highly acclaimed um but yeah this 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 new one or well, the new one the, the latest one i've read um uh, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead, the cool title, which is uh, a William Blake quotation. So it's kind of um, it's kind of a weird 
atmospheric kind of a murder mystery um so this uh the the narrator is um an old lady not old lady but but she's she's in her 60s or 70s and she um she kind of lives in isolation in this small village and she uh during the winter she um she's kind of the caretaker for for lots of the um houses that that are only there used in the summer and basically uh, a bunch of murders happen, and the, all the murders seem to be connected with um, with the, with local hunters. And um, she kind of thinks, "Oh, are the animals uh, taking their revenge?" And there's um, a lot of uh, astrology theme, William Blake. But it's kind of yeah, it's, it's really interesting, really original. I quite like that. So, and um, the, the book I'd re- I finished just before that was also published by Fitzgeraldo Editions, and it was called uh, it's called Dandelions by Thea Leonarduzzi. Really cool. Um, Are they both fiction or? Well, no, the, yeah, fiction. The latest one is fiction, sort of literary, literary noir. I would say. Well, yeah, it just takes elements of, of crime fiction. And then um, the, the Dandelions by Thea Leonarduzzi is a sort of kind of creative nonfiction memoir all about um, what it's like to be um, of dual heritage and kind of the themes of immigration, identity, and so really cool. So, yeah, so I'm kind of, those are the last two books I read. I know you said just one. (laughs) Couldn't pick just one. Well, I mean, I I do think when a book keeps you up at night so that you have to finish it, that is always a good sign. Yeah. And so what would you give, give them both a score out Um, if you can. I would give Dandelions an 8 out of 10, and I would give Drive Your Plow, I would give it a 7.5, just because uh, her other, the other books I read by her, um, Books of Jacob and Flights, uh, those for me are rank even higher. Right. Although I would say Drive Your Plow is probably, the, is, is not probably, is definitely a bit more accessible because it's a bit more like a standard Slightly um, more commercial. Yeah, like it kind of plays more with crime genre, and it's a bit more of a straightforward narration. Mm-hmm. Whereas Books of Jacob, well, first of all, it's like what, 800 pages long, whereas this one is like 250. So right, yeah. more digestible. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, definitely would recommend Olga Tokarczuk. She yeah, she won the Nobel Prize 2018 or 19, I believe. So um, definitely worth it. And just one last question: um, What would you give a Club Orange out of 10? Ah, uh, now that. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, I tasted one uh, in the office earlier this year, this year, this week. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever really tr- tasted one. Um, first time yeah, ever. Yeah, f- first time ever. And I, I liked it. I, f- I felt like it was kind of, because I, I, I do, I am partial to Jaffa cakes, and this kind of had the taste, but with a different mm-hmm. texture. And I would, yeah, I would give it a six. Solid six. Uh, six I wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't uh, rush for it in the supermarket, but I wouldn't refuse it. Would never it was, snub it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't snub it. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Lucy Chamberlain. I'm the publicity director at Legend Times, and I'm Lauren Parsons, and I'm the commissioning editor. Uh, Lucy, how long have you? been at Legend Times and what do you do? I'm a bit of an old timer. I've been here since 2008. I manage the publicity and the marketing across the list um, 
That involves trying to get media interviews for the authors, reviews, um, some of the social media, lots of different things, really. Lauren, what do you do? Um, so my role's evolved quite a bit. I mean, I started uh, Hot On Your Heels a long time ago. Um, I think you were three months after me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third member of the team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as a sales rep, part-time sales rep. I really wanted to get into editorial. That's where I, my heart sort of lied, but I wanted um, a job in publishing. So I just I just grabbed the opportunity. So yeah, contacting bookshops, high street, independents, trying to pitch our books. And, um, and then we had some funding from the Arts Council to run some projects. So I became project manager, balancing that with the sales and um, ran two projects, Regeneration and Exclusively Independent, for about a year or so, and just gradually took on more and more editorial until, gosh, I don't know, maybe 2012, 2013, where I've been, um, yeah, commissioning and acquiring ever since. What was the first book you edited? I can't remember. I think the first book I edited was probably The Woman Before Me by Ruth Dugdall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it feels like a, a very long time ago now. We've got a few books out um, with Ruth. But, um, but yeah, the list has grown so much in that time. It's really varied. It's, it's, it's really developed over the years and it's yeah I'm really proud of it mm. yeah uh, Lauren commissions for the for Legend Press the fiction side of the business I work a bit more across the business so I do the fiction um, Buckingham University Press and uh, Hero as well so keeps things a bit of everything <laughs> so ultimate question then Luce chocolate orange club biscuit what would you give it out of 10 it really, really reminds me of being at school. I swear that was in my lunchbox every single day. Actually, probably more the raisin one, I would say. Um, the purple one. <laughs> Bit of fruit. Um, I would give it maybe an 8 out of 10 because of the chocolate to biscuit ratio. Mm. What mm. about you? <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with chocolate and orange. I do think that's a great flavour combo. Um, yeah, no, the club's an oldie but a goodie. I'd say it's competition's fierce though there's lots of others I really uh, would probably opt for but given that it's a classic I'm gonna go I'll give it a, se a seven a solid seven out of ten I'm actually surprised the club hasn't died out because mm. you're not allowed chocolate in pat lunches anymore are you not no oh that's sad so who is buying these clubs <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading at the moment Lauren um, I have actually just finished How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey um, and I highly recommend it. It's actually really good fun. I know the title may not think that it will be, um, but it's really quite sarcastic and dry and just entertaining and you'll fly through it. So it's, um, yeah, it's really good. I recommend it. How about you? I'm currently reading My Child and Other Mistakes by Ellie Taylor. <laughs> I've just come back from maternity leave and I feel like it's quite fitting. Um, it's just kind of an unconventional parenting book. Um, so funny and um, it's really getting me back 
to reading on my commute. Mm, that's the key. Books fall back in love with books again. Yeah. <laughs> and here we have Tom. Tom, do you want to introduce yourself and how long you've been at the company? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm uh, Tom Chalmers and I'm uh, the Managing Director and I uh, set up Legend Press originally uh, many years ago, back in 2005. Been here since day one. <laughs> I have, yes. I was Day one was uh, borrowing a pound to uh, go to the internet shop and uh, set up Legend Press. So, so yeah, I've been It's like an, an Apple kind of story, you know, starting a garage, starting an internet cafe... Yeah, I'm not sure. I've quite, uh, I've quite reached the uh, the Apple level yet, but uh, I don't even own any Polonex. But uh, I'm not sure about uh, Steve Jobs. But, uh, but yeah, no, a lot happened um, since then. Yeah, didn't seem to actually own a computer. So uh, it shows how far we've come to actually uh, own recording a podcast. I know, exactly. Yeah, the technology. I know exactly. So um, so yeah, it's uh, until I got a. Uh, a computer uh, from my brother's old boss that was uh, Legend Press's first asset. <laughs> so you don't need much to start a company? No, no, just, um, yeah, it's uh, that's fairly straightforward to start. But uh, I assume it's very different now, the publishing world, to when you started? Um, not Probably not as much as it should be, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely, um, someone once described it as an industry dreamed up by English graduates, of which I'm one, and uh, I think there's uh, it can be a little conservative but uh, at times and uh, a little old-fashioned but it's got, it's got much better over the years it has changed mm. a lot and uh, it was just legend press first wasn't it just fiction for a really long time yeah no I had the um I guess I was at 25 when I started legend press and it was uh, it was actually just from seeing fiction books on tables in bookshops which is what I read and I thought uh, well why not uh, why not make some of those myself and uh, started Legend Press I, I, I advise businesses now for the Prince's Trust and I kind of make them have a better business plan than just <laughs> sooner then I like the look of that I'll do that <laughs> yeah no exactly so then learned afterwards how to actually do it once I'd started the business so, uh, so yeah and so obviously being head of a publishing company you must do a lot of reading Yes, well, try to. Is then um, <laughs> and I've always uh, loved reading, and uh, obviously there's a lot of work reading. But it's kind of important to, as well as just personal enjoyment, actually to read as much as possible. You're as, a very um, fast reader, I've noticed. You you like absolutely tear through copies in the office. I'm such a slow reader in comparison. I think. Really? Oh, I don't know. Is um, yeah, I guess so. Probably over the years, or probably uh, maybe I skim too fast. But, uh, <laughs> maybe should be more careful. Skim over a couple of chapters. <laughs> read every other word. Yeah. I, I have to read, like, I, I know some people can actually skim, but I have to read every single word to understand what's going on. I can't do fast reading at all. But um, what was the last book you read? Uh, so the last book she just finished is Living Pictures by Paulina Barskova, mm. um, which I actually picked off the table for independent publishers in Waterstones on uh, Gower Street. Ah, um, supporting other indie publishers, love to see it. <laughs> yeah, published by Pushkin Press, it was originally published oh, and nice. uh, translated from Russian, so yeah. What is it, a non-fiction? It's kind of a mixture. To be honest, it's not the type of book necessarily I would normally pick up. It's kind of a mixture of different snapshots inspired by the uh, siege of Leningrad and um, the author has looked through uh, archives and basically pieced together lots of different people's stories and their own stories wow. and fiction. And... So not quite a light-hearted read or anything? No, and it is. I kind of mix. I kind of like to read things that are slightly probably heavier and then mix it up then with some more mm. of a 
easy read stuff. I've always loved um, light Russian writers, and it's so it's quite nice. A more modern Russian writer, and particularly female, it was interesting. But um, do you know when it came out? Is that recently published? I think or? it's relatively recent. Um, in the last certainly in the last year or so, and uh, yeah, I love really like books in translation. It gives you mm. they've got a certain um, different feel to them. So. Um, so quick quick phone break <laughs> um but yeah that actually does sound really interesting is that like do you read more non-fiction than fiction do you think or no i definitely read a lot um mostly fiction um and uh but though obviously i haven't launched hero and non-fiction in print i've kind of i do like non-fiction but i've pushed myself to read more non-fiction to understand yeah. uh, what's out there but um but no i love fiction i'm trying at the moment to read lots of books that are um based or set in different countries and different authors yes. maybe it's a lack of travel during covid i'm kind of a, living vicariously through yeah, the book <laughs> keen to get out and um yeah find lots of new authors so yeah it's kind of it's um it's one of those books which is rare that it feels like i almost really appreciate with the style mm. while not always completely knowing what's going on yes. which i kind of miss the some, miss a little bit the narrative of kind of really getting stuck into something because it's kind of a series of snapshots but but it's really interesting she's a very talented writer i was going to say it gives you an appreciation for the author as well no definitely um definitely it shows it's uh, it's certainly out far above anything i could write so um <laughs> so yeah no, no it's, it's very impressive and out of 10 what would you give it See, because it's not completely on my street and I find it's at times appreciating the style necessarily over completely the coherence of it, um, probably seven. Okay, well, that still goes. Yeah, that's seven. still above average. Yeah, yeah. well, so. she was a poet to start with, so I feel like that needs extra... Uh, oh, okay. Well, well yes, I guess, because one of my favourite books is um, by Ocean Vyung. I think that's how you say his name, I'm not even sure, but um, On Earth for Briefly Gorgeous, which he was a poet and then he wrote his first novel and it is like reading like just the longest poem but yeah. in a more kind of clear digestible way rather than like interpretive poetry but I feel like you still get that sense that their writing is poetic obviously no definitely <laughs> and I think that poetic style probably leads to the slight surrealness of the of the whole thing but, yeah. Uh, yeah that's good and obviously I lent you um the TikTok sensation of the summer book lovers to <laughs> have a look at their enemies to lovers trope that's trending right now <laughs> yeah no it was uh, it was interesting to see what um you know all this I understand this tiktok which you've been explaining a lot to me as uh, or uh, tick tick as tom originally called it <laughs> i think i want to edit it out but yes it was uh, i did show my uh, yeah did show my slighter age but um uh, yeah, I remember being a young publisher and I was being being mocked over, uh, <laughs> over my lack of knowledge over social media, media platforms yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed... Um, it was funny. It actually made me think a lot about readers and um, experience. Because, one, I still don't understand the whole enemies, the lovers thing, because they're not even really enemies. Either, so I still don't really understand that. Um, and it's it's a book that, is, even though it kind of mocks it, it's based, it's so stereotypical. And it felt so... The characters, to me, felt so caricatured and so unlike kind of real life yeah i think i prefer slightly you know kind of stuff that really makes me think about the characters but it made me think obviously it's huge and people like it so yeah there must be comfort for some readers in just caricatures and in kind of set slots and in set things where they kind of know how it's going to develop yeah. and it's, 
in the familiarity rather than surprise. So it made me think yeah. a lot about readers. If, and uh, escapism as well. Like you just think, oh my gosh, this, this life in publishing is amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, it kind of gives it completely. But that's often the same with film. For some reason, people seem to think this kind of Devil Wears Prada view of publishing, which... Uh, I love that view of publishing. I yeah. love Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah, but actually, everyone's just a lot nicer than that. Yeah, it's a little more cardigans than... Uh, yeah, <laughs> than, than stilettos. Uh, yeah, but well, it depends who you meet. But it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's also really interesting. And it's almost like, it's kind of like a fairground ride where if someone who goes on the same fairground ride 500 times is in, they know the thrill they're going to get. And it's, yeah. it's kind of what they want and almost don't want it to be different. So... I found some bits and especially some of the analogies and and kind of metaphors slightly yeah. you know in pain inducing <laughs> but but obviously it's huge and it gives readers something they want so yeah you know, and an, an easy read as well it's not something to like you can pick it up at the end of a long day at work and you think I can still read this it's not too heavy yeah, exactly. No, it did. Um, I mean, I partly read it fast to get to the end of it, but the end it was uh, was. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily one hundred percent for me, but uh, it made me think a lot about readers. Would you read her other books, Beach Read and You and Me on Vacation? No, no. I think I've been on the roller coaster now, so I think I'm. I think I'm good. But um... I think I think Book Lovers is the most popular one of them all. So I think you were right to have read that one. But, uh, well, you chose it for me. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but is that the end of your Emily Henry exploration? Yeah, I think I've got a sense of her now. Um, yeah. Is, uh, yeah, like, obviously, fair play to the author, and it's, it's huge, but, um, yeah, it's not... Um, I kind of like stuff where, I don't know, even like I remember loving, like, normal people and things that have the the actual real almost painfully accurate interaction and, yeah. and the way people kind of silences and not saying something they want to say or yeah. all that kind of or maybe that's just me all that realistic yeah. communication whereas kind of firing off snap quick witty lines you know and and all this you know it's kind of it's just felt a bit unrealistic as, as the way quite like uh, cinematic as well like you can just yeah. so see that being made into like rom-com kind of film to go on Netflix or something and be binged really easily. Yeah, well, it's kind of fantasy, really. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a this doesn't happen in real life. No, it's um, so you know, yeah, it's done really well. But yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll try other TikTok books. But uh, yes, well, I've got a whole stack for you whenever you're ready for your next one. <laughs> yeah, well, very bright colours, very good for Instagram. You can yes, see the uh... exactly. That's packaged up very well. And uh, finally, the club orange biscuit. What would you give that out of ten? Uh, I would say six. I like a club. It's got okay. a taste of nostalgia. I would say it's. That's actually what Lisa said as well. Yeah. But she said eight out of ten. Uh, well, Lisa. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. Is well, I'd say it's not up there with the. Um, it's not up there with like you know the complex notes of the Fox Crunch, <laughs> but uh, it does. Uh, you know, it's it's slightly above the. Uh, you know, probably a ginger nut. Yes, does, <laughs> Which, does the job. Bit yeah, of chocolate. Yeah, somewhere in between. So. Okay, solid six out of ten. Great. Mm. Well, thank you very much. Okay, so here we have Sam. Sam, what do you do at the company and how long have you worked here? Um, I am the data manager, which isn't technically a job that exists, but I made it for myself, um, where I basically handle anything related to the data behind our book sales. So 
the sales reports we do, the royalty reports we do, and also the online campaigns that we make for Facebook and Amazon. So if someone is searching on Amazon, I am in charge of basically getting our books to show up as opposed to another publisher's books. You love data. I love you just data, love it apparently. so much. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, you do do a lot of the jobs that all of us either hate. can't do or hate doing. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> what was the last book you read? Uh, Simple Passion by Annie Erno, because I'm incredibly basic and am behind the times and only just discovered that she exists after she won the Nobel Prize. And Is that the 2022 Nobel or 2021? 2022, I think. Very fresh. And she is incredible so uh, simple passion is only like a 50 page book about an affair that she had with someone and i've now read it loved it and have bought everything that she's written did you manage to get your hands on it sam's been looking for it for ages i've reserved everything else that i couldn't get my hands on but you know, right. luckily my local bookshop the people in my town are not with the times so they hadn't picked it up yet so i booked, <laughs> basically picked up everything they had in the bookshop and bought it now i'm gonna ask the question that you hate which is what would you give it out of 10 well i wouldn't give it anything out of 10 because i rate things out of five you like don't a normal believe in out of 10 yeah. out of 10 is ridiculous um so simple passion is an easy four out of five okay so then is that not the equivalent of an eight out of 10 yes it would be but you don't want to say eight out of 10 i just think you can be more specific with an out of 10 than you can be with an out of five no, there's too much room for not basically making a decision on what you think of something. If you have if you have ten numbers to pick from, you can just like teeter between really like it or just like it. Whereas with five, it makes you decide if it's going to be a three or a four. So it'll be a four out of five for simple passion. I mean, that's that's, that's high. That's rare. Yeah, that is good. Has Nin any ninety percent of the books I read get a three out of five? What I was going to say is anything got a five everything sally rooney's written i was obviously. literally thinking like he's gonna say normal people <laughs> yeah, obviously sally rooney gets a five out of five automatically yeah, all the time actually i think normal people might be the only one i did give five out of five her other novels were four out of five i think conversations with friends is in the tbr but um mm -hmm. i have heard that it is not as good but that's just coming from my mum and my sister, so I don't know how much I trust their judgment. Yeah. But yeah, they said they much preferred normal people. And then, like, my friend got me conversations with friends when the uh, TV show was coming out. And so she was like, let's see if we can read it really, really quickly before the TV show yes. came out. We didn't. No. And then it came out and uh, it just got trashed by oh, absolutely yeah. everyone. Yeah. And then she watched one episode of it and just texted me going, don't. <laughs> oh no, I've still not watched it. I'm I'm not sure that you shared. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't I wasn't as precious about it as when I found out they were adapting normal people and I ended up loving that when the stakes Amazing. were so high for that one where I I basically went into it being like this is a, the dumbest idea ever and mm. ended up loving the show. So I do think I don't know. as well that like the fact that they picked out people for both series that weren't well known. Yes. I really loved that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's literally normal people playing normal people. But <laughs> normal, but very talented people. Yeah. <laughs> Who are no longer normal and are now... Not at all. Well. Yeah, exactly. But no, I really liked that whole kind of trying to, like, discover new people for, yeah. uh, for the entire series. Because with that, you don't need, like, a big name because it's already Sally Rooney's book. Yeah. And that is already going to drive enough people to go and watch it. Exactly. I haven't watched it again yet. 
No, I've, I've there are like certain clips that are always stuck in my head that I'll just YouTube to watch them, but I'm not actually rewatched the show yet. But it's the same people behind Conversation with Friends, so I don't know how really? bad it could be. But yeah, I've not heard good reviews either. But and it's another one of hers, so yeah. I did assume it was going to be great. I have seen a few clips, and like I don't want to judge the whole series on a few clips, but. Having seen the whole of normal people, I feel like you could just take clips out of it. Yeah. And it would be amazing. And I, I've seen clips and it didn't seem great. Like people on TikTok were pulling, kind of like showing you what the the words were in the oh, book and yeah. then showing how people delivered them. And even some people were delivering it themselves. Like, I'm not an actor, but <laughs> this is how this bit yeah. should be portrayed oh so God. and i i did agree with them in several of those videos so i was thinking yeah. oh like it's completely put me off watching it. i don't know if i ever will i don't even know at this point if i'll read the book is it worth reading i'd definitely say it's worth reading the book it's very different to normal people and probably the problems people had with the book conversation with friends is probably the same problem they had with the tv show in that normal people worked so well because it is the dynamic between two people and mm-hmm. it is just that explored over 10 episodes whereas conversation with friends is about four people that are sort of intermingling like sort of it's a bit right. they all end up they're all in love with each other from what i remember and it's all very complicated and no one's really speaking about how they truly feel and i think if you're trying to get four people's dynamics across in 10 episodes it's just going to feel like not you're not actually same digging deep into the surface it's just gonna be very broad and spread out so maybe that was the problem but i'm still gonna watch it i've always planned i plan to watch it like the last five sundays in a row but i haven't had time but i imagine it's going to be a show that i'll just binge on a sunday yeah just see how i feel because it's all half an hour episodes as well isn't it another thing that i love love a half an hour episode but it's always the things that i want to be an hour long that are half an hour long yes but no, I think I will. I think it is one of those things as well where it's like Normal People was such an amazing read that maybe if I'd started with Conversation yes. with Friends and then gone on to Normal People, it would have been better. Yeah, that's what I did. And yeah, that would have been... I think that's why Faber released them in that order as well. Mm-hmm. Because they knew... Oh, did she not write them in that order? I don't know. They were both ready uh, when Faber signed her up. From what I know, oh, okay. so they literally just looked at those two manuscripts and decided which one to put first, and decided on conversation with friends. I guess knowing that normal people was going to be the one that properly blew up or mm. carried the sort of momentum even further. But um, yeah, that was the right order to do things. Like yeah, that. definitely. Because then there's people like me doing it in the reverse order yeah, and yeah. going, mm, "Do I want to?" Yeah. So would you say conversations with friends is a four, and yes. normal people's a five? Yeah, 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 definitely. Trying to think of any other books that I've given a five recently. A lot of Jenny Offal's novels are teetering between four and five, which is why my system is so good because it makes you decide whether it is going to be like. You can't sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence and you can't give 0.5s. Like, technically, a Jenny Offal novel would be like 4.5, but I have to decide, like, oh no, like it was amazing, but it didn't have as much of the stuff that I want from a novel in it, so it's going to have to be a four. But it could be a nine. (laughs) <laughs> it could be a solid nine where you're like, this is almost perfection, but it's not. And everyone will understand that because it's a nine. And they won't think four, mm, that's great, but not amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe you've taken the opportunity to dismantle my entire philosophy of rating things out of five. Either that or we'll just agree to disagree yeah. for, forever. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, so final question. Club Biscuit. I'll, I'll give it to you out of five then, you since you're being so, so difficult. Thank you. 
A two out of five. Oh, that's... Which just means it's okay. Average. Doesn't mean I don't like it. If it was a one, it means I don't like it. If it's okay. a two, it's okay. Okay. Not going to blow my mind, it's just okay. Is it one of the things, like, if it was just in the office, yeah. you would eat it? But... Not, yeah, never buy it, but... Okay. If I was starving and someone offered it to me. Starving? <laughs> oh my god. If I hadn't god. eaten in like seven days and someone offered it to me, I'd be like, okay, maybe. So you're telling me <laughs> if you raised a biscuit one and some, you hadn't <laughs> eaten in seven days and someone offered you one, you'd be like, no, sorry, that's a one out of five. No, I you. won't I won't be eating that. I'd tell Thanks them to check much. my spreadsheet and offer accordingly. Oh, uh, you've got biscuits on your spreadsheet? <laughs> no. No, I should do that. I don't know if we have time to get into your, what your spreadsheet no. is. I'm pretty sure the listeners are on the edge of their seat wondering what this spreadsheet I've created of my entire life is. To be fair, given that you have a spreadsheet of your entire yeah. life, nothing screams data um, manager more. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you manage the data in your entire life. Yeah. It was a role that was built for me based it, on what it, I was already doing. Built for you by you. <laughs> by myself, yeah. <laughs> Real sense of control going on Oh, here. yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.